When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here he is, the legend himself, the great Tom Driesen. Uh Tom, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Sid. That was, uh, uh, by the way, I remember meeting you in town, and I remember loaning you money because you lost so much money at the crap table, and that's why I'm calling. Can I get that some of that money back? I, I was afraid you're going to ask for interest over the years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that may be true. I don't even know if, you know, I, mean, I was drinking a lot with Charles Barkley and, uh, you know, Johnny Mosey. That could have been the, the case. Uh, look, I'm very excited about this book. First of all, David Letterman writes you forward. How do you make that happen? He's a good. I had dinner with him last night in, in the village. Yeah, and, you know, I met him 45 years ago uh, at the comedy store. Uh, I'll tell you a quick, great story. He, he. Uh, whenever I tell this story that you know I came off stage one night at the comedy store 45 years ago, uh, uh, he was in the parking lot and he said, "Yeah, it was his first day in in um, in Los Angeles." And he went to the comedy store and he saw me and he said, "Great set." And I said, oh, thank you. What's your name? And I started talking about sports. Uh, where'd you grow up? Oh, Indianapolis. I said, and who'd you root for? The Cubs or the, no, no, I rooted for the Cincinnati Reds. And so yeah, we had this conversation. So he said to me a while back, he said, you know, every time you, uh, you know, tell somebody how we met, you, we tell them we met at the comedy store and I talked to you outside. I said, yeah, I remember. He said, well, it's a boring story. You said, from now on, tell people that. He said that you walked off stage and I was in a parking lot and I stole some material from you and you beat the hell out of me. <laughs> That's funny, and that would be a better story than I know you're from Chicago, so you talking about the Cubs and Dave talking about the Reds uh, has to be at some point. It's got to be pretty dull. Uh, <laughs> so I do like Letterman's story, but I tell you, you know, you look back uh, at your career, Tom, and I know you had a major role. I used to love the show, Lonnie Anderson, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. You did the match game and all that, and and certainly performed a ton of times. For uh, the all-time greatest, no disrespect to David Letterman, Johnny Carson, who actually weird David Letterman, uh, but the the touring with Frank Sinatra—that's how most people know Tom Dreesen traveling the world with Frank Sinatra. What was that like? It, well, you know, for a former altar boy, it was like serving mass to the Pope. You know, uh, <laughs> and when I was a little boy, shining shoes in all the taverns. I had eight brothers and sisters, grew up very poor. So I shined shoes in taverns. I set fins in bowling alleys. I caddied in the summertime. I sold newspapers. All to feed my brothers and sisters. And none of this do I regret. But, well, well, I well, why, well, but why did you have to feed your brothers and sisters? What happened with your, your mom and dad? Bring up a bad memory. I apologize. Yeah. No, well, I had, my father was alcoholic. And, right. uh, and so he spent a lot of time gambling. And by the way, and, uh, Tom, Tom but back in that day, wasn't uh, just about everybody's father a gambler and an alcoholic? It seems like everybody's yeah. father was, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. My mother used to say, oh, he likes his beer. I said, "Ma, he likes his beer, your beer, and the neighbor's beer. You know? <laughs> but, but anyhow, so I, while I was shining shoes in all these saloons, Frank was on the jukebox. So it was like uh, uh, surreal when I was, you know, it, when I came out of the service, I also was a bartender in some of those bars, and Frank would be on the jukebox singing, you know, come fly with me. And my buddies would say, man, what would that be like flying with Frank? And mm. flash forward, years later, I'm flying with Frank all over the world wow. in his private jet, you know. And appearing on stages with him, 20,000-seat arenas and 40,000 in Hawaii. 
and, and in Las wow. Vegas. And it was a, so exciting. And uh, and we had a great friendship. I was a pallbearer at his funeral, and I spoke at his funeral. Oh, my God. That is a huge deal. Tom Dreesen, legendary comedian, already very funny with me here this morning. You can tell how good he is. If you don't know him, of course, you'll know him already. His new book is out, Still Standing, My Journey from Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. He opened and traveled with Frank Sinatra for many, many, many years. So when you're friends with Frank Sinatra, as close as you were, Tom, do you automatically uh, become friends with the whole pack, Sammy Davis Jr. And, and the whole crew? Well, I toured with Sammy for three years before I toured with Frank. Oh. And then I, I, I did the Dean Martin roast, and, and I played golf with Dean and, and did some TV shows with Dean and, uh, and also uh, some personal appearance with Dean. And then later, uh, I was touring with Smokey Robinson and, and uh, people like that, and I finally wow. started touring with Frank. Uh, I got along real good with him. We had such a great relationship. Hey, by the uh, way, uh, Dean's daughter, Dina Martin, who's also mm-hmm. terrific, and when she sings, Tom, <laughs> uh, very similar to what her dad did, she has her show, her own show, on this station, WABC in New York, every weekend, part of the reason why we get big ratings. Dean Martin's daughter, on this station every weekend. How about that? Sure, I know her real well, and I know the kids. I mean, her, her, her brother Craig and I play golf together, still like I played with his dad, and I just had lunch with the other daughter, Gail. I introduced Gail to her current husband. Uh, so wow. yeah, we've got a, I've got a great relationship. I, I started out in show business with a comedy team. Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy team. Uh, history shows we were the last, and, uh, and that, that's how I got <laughs> into true? the business. You know? No, yeah, is that true? true? We we were Ameri- and Tim later became Venus Flytrap on WKRP Cincinnati. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, we, it's you know, we the world today, and I don't want to turn this into politics. That's what we do here every day, but you don't you don't do that. You don't have to do that. But you know, we have so much divide, race divide today, and we talk about the BLM and all this nonsense. You know, and uh, you're talking about traveling with Tim Reed, and I remember that Sinatra got a lot of uh, flack, especially from Kennedy when he was president for hanging out with Sammy Davis Jr. I know that's a fact, but he still did yes. it. He still did it. So uh, even back then, we're talking about sixty years ago. Uh, even facing some of the flack you guys were getting seemed to me like even then black guys, white guys worked together, got along together. Why all the strife today? What's that all about? Well, Tim, when 1969 to 1975, we toured the nation. There were no comedy clubs. We toured, we, we toured, we did all black clubs in the North and the South, what they affectionately called the Chitlin circuit, black owned, black operated nightclubs. The Sugar Shack in Boston, the Twenty Grand in Detroit, the High Chaparral in Chicago, the Club Harlem in Atlantic City before they ever had uh, gambling in Atlantic City. So we were, you know, America was screaming in those days, you know, you know we need better race relations. But Tim Reed and I were having race relations on stage <laughs> with comedy, right. and, and we, we we were we, we were doing what America was saying we should be doing, and it, it you know, it, it it's an old game that people play. They play this game: divide and conquer. You know, if they can divide us, they can conquer us. Yeah. And Tim, Tim and I, you know, we, we laughed in the face of that. We poked fun at all the stereotypes and everything. But uh, and, and we're still the best of friends to this day. In fact, funny, his children call me Uncle Tom, which is. Oh, that's funny. funny. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, that double meaning there. Hey, uh, yeah. on the way out, uh, obviously, you loved Frank Sinatra, uh, one of his best friends, if not his best friend all those years. Frank had a reputation to uh, drink a little, womanize a little, could be a bit of a pain in the ass. He wasn't afraid of uh, anybody. I mean, heck, his own kid was uh, was kidnapped. Uh, thank God he ended up okay, Junior. But uh, there's got to be one story, one one big Dries and Sinatra story, where maybe he turned out to be a better person than you thought, or on the flip side, maybe a worse person than you thought. It, it, 
he was never a worse person with me. We never had any problem. It, 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 the first part of it, our, it, my touring with him, he was like the boss of the tour, of course. Then later he became like a buddy. We hung out till dawn every night because he never went to bed till the sun came up. And then in the end, he was like a father to me. He was a, a, a great, uh, a benevolent human being. Uh, I can tell you a quick story if we have time. At the, we were coming out of the Waldorf story one time on our way to a gig here in New York City. And uh, the, as we were going out the back way, a woman jumped out of the doorway. The doorman told me she'd been hiding for five hours. And she said, screaming, Mr. Sinatra, please, Mr. Sinatra, please. And security was holding her back. And we were getting in the limo, and she kept hollering, please, Mr. Sinatra. So he stopped, came back, and said to the woman, what is it, ma'am? She said, my husband is home sick, very ill. If I could get an autograph from you, it would mean the world to him. He said, sure. He was signing her autograph, and she said, oh, what beautiful cufflinks. And they were like over $1,000 cufflinks. I know where he got them at. He said, thank you. And he finished the autograph and he took the cufflinks off and said, give these to your husband. Wow. He said, no, I was, I was just admiring him. He said, no, I want your husband to have these. Now we get in the car and I said, Frank, that was beautiful. Why did you do that? He said, Tommy, if you possess something that you can't give away, then you don't possess it. It possesses you. And wow. he not only talked that talk, he walked that talk. Uh, you know, he, he said, Tommy, he said, Aristotle Onassis had billions of dollars and mansions and private jets and private yachts. The second he died, all that transferred. He said, nothing we have is ours. We're only using it. And he, you know, again, you couldn't say to him, that's a beautiful watch. He'd take it off and give it to you. You couldn't wow. say his friends had to be careful. You couldn't say that's a nice painting. He'd take it off the wall and give it to you. His friends had to be careful. Around him. He was, he was, he was the most benevolent human being I ever met. And no one will ever know all the things that he did because he did them privately and quietly. Wow, that, I'm glad you told that story on the way out. Tom Dreesen, the book is still standing. My journey from streets and saloons to the stage and Sinatra. It's a uh, postal press book. My guy, Anthony Zaccardi, written by the same guy that wrote my book, Johnny Russo. Uh, it came out a couple of days ago. Tom, uh, I've met you. You're a gem, a gentleman. You're brilliant. You're funny. And I wish you nothing but luck with the book. And uh, keep coming on. It's nice to talk to you again, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. And I'll meet you at the crap tables in town. <laughs> You got it. There he is, folks. The legend himself, Tom Dreesen. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.